0: But we stand as your sons and daughters saying, no, this is your house, a place where we are safe to come and to worship you. We pray that your spirit would indeed be among us, that we would indeed be aware of your presence, that we would have strength to stand as the body of Christ saying, not on our watch. Does this kind of stuff happen? So we will continue to come and we will continue to worship and we will continue to be the sons and the daughters you long for us to be. Because it is when we gather together in the name of Jesus that peace erupts in this world. We thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Um, I am Michael and the pastor's here. Excited to have you with us on this Sunday morning. Right now, I'm going to ask if uh, Bob Nickel would come and join us on the stage. Many of you may know Bob. Uh, you might not. Everybody say, hi Bob. hi, Bob. Bob is, I love the name Bob, by the way. It's just a great name, isn't it? Um, so Bob uh, is our man in Africa. He, is, um, he works for Real for Christ Ministries, and what his job is for um, R4C is to go uh, into Africa, specifically Kenya, and to drill water wells. Bob has some gifts uh, along those lines, and so he goes into uh, villages where clean water is not available, um, and he brings life through drilling water. Over the past six years now, we as a community, New Heights, birthed this movement called MORE. And what we have, what we did with MORE, our whole goal with MORE um, when we started was um, to give you and ourselves an opportunity, uh, especially at the time of Christmas, to do something we call al- alternative consumerism—to purchase Christmas gifts for your friends and family, um, that, like this T-shirt modeled by Bob. There you go. Thank you. Um, and uh, and uh, the cups and we've had different things throughout the years. Uh, who remembers the yoga mats? Yeah, yeah, they're horrible. The worst thing we ever did. Um, Daryl is like, no, it's not. Um, that was his baby. Uh, and, you know, they all can't be winners, Daryl. It's all right. Uh, and uh, and so we we uh, over the over the years we have uh, worked with Living Water International, but we focused started starting last year with with Bob because Bob's one of us. Um, he's from our church. He is he comes here when he is in country to worship with us as as a community. And um, and so we started sending the the money there. And this year, um, over the course of the six years, we have been able to give a couple of villages clean water. And I don't know if you know this, but I think it's every 20 seconds um, a child dies because of lack of clean water. It's huge, thinking about that, and scary. Um, And it's a problem that is solvable in our lifetime, because we have the power and the resources and the technology to go and to get clean water and to bring life um, to places where it just isn't. Uh, and, And so this year, we have a check. Um, for what you have done through donations of of just donating and then also through buying fishing shirts and T-shirts and uh, and cups and different things and towels. We had beach towels this year, more than a towel. Uh, We we are able to uh, give Bob to to go to Real for Christ um, and to start drilling wells because he's going in a few weeks uh, a check for $9,000. Wow.
1: Thank you, Michael. And thank you especially to Daryl and Stacy and all the people associated with, with the Moore store. With Moore. Um, when Daryl uh, contacted me a couple weeks ago, he sent me an email and he said, Hey, I have this check for you, by the way, all the money we've collected, it's mostly since Advent, uh, during Advent, but sometime thereafter as well, possibly. But he said, uh, And I need to get it to you. Who do I make it out to? And how do I do that? And, and oh, by the way, it's $9,000. And I, I think I said, I was blown away. I said, that's a lot of money and that's incredible. That is more than enough to drill a well in Kenya that will provide safe, clean, living water for more than a thousand people. So I said, you've blessed me in a huge way. And I get the opportunity to go do that. Like, like Michael said, I do have, have some uh, gifts and experience I've learned over my 40 plus years as an engineer. And God has allowed me to this time an opportunity to go do this, but it only happens because of people and through the Moore Store and people like that that, that provide the funds to make it possible, because I obviously can't do that on my own. God blesses me with, me with the opportunity to be able to do that, and I become basically a conduit for all of your love to be able to carry that, uh, God's grace and God's mercy and love and his tremendous generosity to people that, Uh, really need it, because I have seen it. I mean, without water, we take it for granted over here. We turn on a faucet, we can go get water, and we can waste a lot of water, and I do that too. But they don't do that over there, because water is so precious, and people die. Like you said, every every 20 seconds, a child over there dies for lack of water, usually because they, they get diarrhea and they die from that. But this will go a long way to helping a lot of people and... Uh, also, again, I'm going in a couple of weeks along with Ryan. And uh, if you want to see this first uh, in person with us, come uh, talk to me or Ryan over the, over the course of the next year. We're going to take a group next year, and we want to take a whole larger group because we do a lot of things. We have the church ministry over there, and we have several schools, and we have uh, medical clinics. And the water ministry is just a part of that. But this makes
2: it all possible. So thank you and bless you indeed. I would just, before we thank Bob and and send him, um, just add to that, like Michael said, that this came from you. More is not some other movement or other brand that we picked up and we carry. More came from this community. You invented it. You created it. You have parented it for the first five years. um, And this was the first year. Uh, as Bob said, a, a well costs about $7,000 start to finish. And this was the first year that we raised enough money to do an entire well. Um, and we are taking that growth and that movement of God from your cues um, and committing to grow even more. And so as we move forward with more in um, 2015 and beyond, we're trying to take it not only here but outside the walls of the church. So we now have a website where we sell year-round. It's more-water.org. And we're going to try to invent new ways where we can get this out there and go from one well in 2014 to two wells in 2015, I mean 16, and four, 2015 two wells, four wells in 2016, and eight wells in 2017. So you can see what's going on there. But we appreciate that you have birthed this and supported it, and we look for your continued prayer support as we go forward. Thank you, Bob.
1: Thank Bob.
0: And when we're done with water, we're going to change that to more food and we're going to, you know, do the hunger thing, too. Um, That's right. We have big ideas. Uh, But our God's big. I don't know how big yours is. Uh, So uh, today, okay, you I I I saw all of you come in and and I know that you didn't do this because we didn't make it clear. And this is the first Sunday that we're doing this. But right back there by Debbie Wells, there's a white table. And on that white table are coloring sheets and a bunch of colors. And I'm going to need a representative from every group that's sitting in here to go get some for the people sitting with you. Do it now. Go go get your colors, adults and kids alike. The rest of you can sit awkwardly and look at one another just for a moment. It'll be fine. It's all okay. Go get some coloring sheets and some colors. You know you all want to color during church anyway, and now you get permission. Now it's like, it's okay, the pastor said. So how many of you, when you were a child, um, went to, like, Children's Sunday School? (laughs) Okay, um, how many of you remember uh, your top favorite children's Bible stories that were told to you during that time? Not as many. Um, So you remember going, but you don't remember what they taught. That's really encouraging for someone who's in church leadership. Thanks. Um, So on this sheet, you will see um, a wonderful picture of Noah. And the ark. Love this story, right? Over the course of this summer, uh, the Sundays that I am here, we are going to do the top ten children's Bible stories. And every Sunday, there are going to be coloring sheets and Crayolas and, and things back there for you to color. And let me tell you, folks, it is a competition. Okay? There, there is no like, oh, everyone's a winner in this. All right? Some of you are going to be horrible at this, and you know it. That's okay. Try. Um, and then others of you are going to be beautifully creative and you can do this or you can flip it over and create your own, right? For those of you that are like professional level, Clayton, um, look at him over there. I was like, do you want a coloring sheet? He goes, I'm good. Um, and he does this stuff. So, um, color during this thing. I, I love this. How many of you uh, who have, have nurseries now or have had nurseries in the past in your home have had some sort of. Noah depiction in that room, be it like the entire room is themed Noah in the ark or you had just like some little small thing in there. Anybody have nurseries like that? OK, yeah, so a lot of people. Right. It's, it's actually one of the top nursery themes is to put Noah and the little animals and to have little beautiful pictures like this. And it's just so great. Right. Because, have these babies and and it's so fun to, you know, they're going to sleep underneath like a lion and a lamb just nestled together on the ark, you know, it's just so wonderful. And, um, and, and the giraffes and, you know, I don't know how the snakes got on there, really. Uh, there's some things I have issues with, but uh, just a wonderful thing. So here's the story. Genesis chapter six, the story of Noah. Now, God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. Well, that's a different opening than I thought we were going to get. God observed all this corruption in the world for everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. Build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. Leave an 18 inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. Look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every, every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die, but I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male and a female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird and every kind of animal and every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. And be sure to take on board enough food for your family and for all the animals. So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now in this wonderfully happy, beautiful, nursery-driven biblical story, you have God destroying everything. Right. I mean, here's the funny thing about this is we fill our nurseries. And guess what? We did it, too. We had some Noah's stuff in in uh, in Grace's nursery and probably in Corbin's as well. But we we put this stuff, these images, because we always picture the little hippopotamuses standing next to one another, smiling, you know, because it's it's a great day to be a hippo. You know, when's it not really? Um, And, you know, and then. Look at little Noah and his wife, just smiling as can be, and the giraffes and the chickens. You know, it's just a great day. And, but these words are in that scripture. I am going to wipe out everything. God's done. He's had enough. Right? Previously in the history of the world, he created it. He created Adam and Eve. Beginning begin to do things, and then Cain and Abel come along, and oh, that didn't go so well. And then, and then you get this, the sons of Adam, and things just really aren't getting any better. In fact, they've gotten so worse, so bad, that God is like, you know what? I'm done. This is just, wow. I can't take it anymore. I'm hitting the reset button. We're wiping everything out. Now, what it says is Noah was the only person doesn't talk about his wife, doesn't talk about his sons or their wives. It says, Noah, only person that was worthy of saving. Somebody's got to be the captain of the boat, I guess. But God just, destry, just decides to destroy everything. I, I, I love it. I mean, because we put these beautiful images up there, but, and, and then kids will start asking us questions about, well, how did this really happen? Like, what was the hole around the top of the boat for Clearly, to get rid of the elephant poo, right? Because you got to do something with it. Shove it out the window. But if you start talking about this, and then if you bring in people from outside of our faith, and they start asking you questions about this, did this really happen? Seriously, you're going to tell me that somebody built a boat that contained two of every animal that walks. Really? This is what you believe in? Were there unicorns on the ark too? Or do they get left off and that's why they're not around anymore? And you have this, these, these questions that start stirring. This story is not a unique story in many instances. Other people of the time told stories like this. Great flood stories were huge. Here's the deal. When you live in the area of, of the world that they lived in and you don't have this big Um, You don't have TV or the Internet and you've never flown above it and seen down and you see you've barely traveled from around where you were born. And you live in this area and sometimes what happens in this area is there's a great rain that happens way off in the distance in the desert. And that water has to go somewhere and it rushes towards the sea and these things called wadis. And so all of a sudden you're just having a great day and the sun's shining and everything's wonderful. It's not even raining where you are, but this wall of water just just comes through and wipes everything out. When these types of events happen, you're like, well, okay, who caused this? What's going on here? You're trying to search for some sort of sense of sanity in this moment. Because you don't know about the rains further out. You don't know what's going on. And you're trying to think. And so the story was, in all of these different communities, that the gods were ticked off at the humans. The gods had finally had enough. And so they're going to bring a flood and they're going to kill everybody. End of story. You deserve it. You're heathens. You're violent. You're horrible people. The gods have finally had enough. And so they're just going to squash you. Story's over. Here's the difference. In our story, it doesn't end there. You ever seen that video um, on YouTube? I know you have because I think everyone in the world has. It's this guy who's filming and he's out in some mountains or something. And all of a sudden, um, he sees these double rainbows. Remember the double rainbow um, video? And, And he just starts going, oh it's just, if you have not seen this, seriously, if you are that person who hasn't, please go YouTube this double rainbow video. We had it on earlier. I don't know. Do we have it right now? It's kind of long. No. Um, we had it on in between services and people are just, it's really funny because this guy is freaking out over these two rainbows. And this is what he said. What does it mean? What does it mean? And he's like really that passionate about it. He is just blown away by these two rainbows. What does it mean? I know. It comes from the rest of the story. In Genesis chapter 9, if you flash forward, they've been on the boat for a while, right? The water goes up, it covers the entire earth for 150 days. It says, nothing lives. Eventually, the water starts descending, it starts going down. Uh, Noah sends out a couple of birds. The raven, you know, it says in some translations, it just flies around until it can finally land. The dove will go, can't find a place to land. He comes back, he goes, he brings an olive branch. We're getting close. And then one day, eventually, uh, as Noah lets the dove out, the dove doesn't return. Noah knows that the water has receded enough and we can begin to live our life. And then they go about their business. But this is what God says to Noah. I am giving you a sign of my covenant with you and with all living creatures for all generations to come. I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It is a sign of my covenant with you and with all the earth. When I send clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds and I will remember my covenant with you and with all living creatures. Never again will the flood waters destroy all life. When I see the rainbow in the clouds, I will remember the eternal covenant between God and every living creature on earth. Then God said to Noah, yes, this rainbow is the sign of the covenant I am confirming with all the creatures on earth. See, here's the end of the story. The end of the story from the other flood, uh, flood stories is death and destruction done. But here in our faith, here in our lives, and in our understanding of who God is and who we are, God says never again. Never again am I going to do this. Now he doesn't say that never again will there be a time when I'm angry at you. Never again will there be a time when I'm disappointed in how you're acting. Never again will there be a time when I'm weeping for what you are doing to one another. doesn't say any of that. What he says is there will never be a time when I am no longer away from you. There will never be a time when I separate myself from you. There will never be a time when I forget how much I love you. This story, did Noah really build an ark and did they really find it? I don't know. I don't care because what this story tells me is how much God loves me. It's a story of redemption. It's a story of a father who sees his children acting all crazy and going, hey, 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 hey. This house is not a gymnasium. That's what my dad used to tell us all the time. I'm disappointed in how you're acting. Stop it. But my love hasn't stopped. I still love you. You still have life because of me. I need to claim over these nurseries and over the children where this stuff exists is there is a God who loves you so much. Look, son, daughter, you're going to mess up. Sometimes it's going to be a royal mess up, but it doesn't matter. One of the things I tell my son most every night when he goes to bed is I say, can you do anything to ever make daddy stop loving you? He goes no, right this time. He's like no, let me go to sleep. Can you do anything to ever make God stop loving you? No. All right, good night. The fact of the matter is, in my estimation, he tries really hard. But like he really wants to test that theory. I have this leather chair in my house. I love it. It's a recliner. I went on a search, this epic search for, um, for a chair. I, I spent, seriously. <clears throat> Thank you, Sammy. It's beautiful. Seriously, months and months and months. um, Actually, probably at least two years looking for the leather chair that I want—a leather-bound chair, you know, in my house that I could sit in and and have my drink and drink my book and say, "Woman," you know, type stuff. I don't ever do that. It's Father's Day. Give me a little credit. Corbin broke it yesterday. Like, not like, oh, we can get that fixed. Like, I'm taking it to the alley. I mean, he destroyed it in a a way that you have to be a little bit proud of. Like, if you're going to fail and if you're going to, like, blow something up, do it to where it ain't coming back. You know, just like, I mean, there's pieces of leather chair, like giant, like, you know, one whole arm, half of it is on the ground. And the other half is just like, I don't know what just happened. But um, it's like all of us right here all decided to sit in the chair at the same time. Just destroyed it. I was a little upset. He's like, well, just drill it back. Are you really saying this to me right? Why are you in my presence right now? Go somewhere else. But then there's this rainbow. There's this redemption. There's this understanding that even though he does stuff like this, I think a whole lot more than I did when I was a kid. I still love him. He's still my boy. He's still my my baby. And I'm still in a crawling bed like I did last night, even after all that with him. And tell him I love him. And say, is there anything you can do that will make me stop loving you? Please stop trying. To test that theory. (laughs) See, that's what this story is about. This story is about God telling us: hey, there are things that you do that really disappoint me. There are things that you do that break my heart. The way that you treat one another sometimes just crushes me. The way that you oppress Certain groups of people, the way that you push and ostracize certain groups of people, the way that you step upon one another to get what you want, the way that you act towards each other sometimes kills me. I can't stand it. But you can never take my love away from you. I don't want you to live like that. I want you to be the daughter, the son that I long for you to be experiencing life and grace and giving it to the rest of the world. But even if you fail at that, I still love you. And do you think that God puts rainbows in the sky to remind himself? That's what he said. So that I will remember. Come on. It's for us. It's a reminder for us that when we see these rainbows, We can stop, no matter what we're doing, and maybe think about how we just messed the day up. Thank you. Thanks for still loving me. Even me. What a wonderful message to tell our children. What a great message for the Sunday schools around the world to remind our kids. Hey. You have a Father in Heaven who loves you so much no matter what you do. You can't stop that. Today's Father's Day and um, some of you are sitting with your fathers right now and maybe you're going to go have lunch after this and um, maybe you're going to meet your father. Maybe you called your father already, something like that. And uh, and you get to say, I'm going to call my dad a little bit later. But dad... Happy Father's Day. Thanks for being the mean, strict, just really scary kind of dad that you were that made me the man I am today. The fact of the matter is, my dad was mean and he was scary. We didn't mess. We didn't cross my dad because you didn't want the result. But I always knew that he loved me. I always knew that he cared for me and protected me and guided me and shaped me. Are there things I wish he'd done differently? Absolutely. But not the love part. Now he tells me all the time and he breaks into tears I love you, son. I know, dad. Stop it. Let's talk about football. Move on. Some of you um, don't know your dad, don't want to know your dad. this is a hard day for you. It's a day of pain. It's a day of memories that you would rather not have. And you're doing everything you can to stay away from Father's Day brunches and Father's Day talks and things like that. And you wish I would stop talking about dads. I'm sorry for that. That's not how God intended it to be. I know it because of the rainbow. Because the way that God set things up was this. I'm your father in heaven. And everything that happens up here, I want it to happen down there too. The love that you have, love that I have for you is so great. I will never stop loving you. Noah's story is a story of redemption. It's a reminder that even in the moments when we fail, God's love never stops. Let us pray.